Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, a very nice to be company. So I drug dealer and I get caught. A Sean Penn, I give it to interview with Sean Penn and, and please find me. I can't believe it. Back in prison again. Anyway, we dig up shower again next week and we go on run for another long time. All good fun. Uh, in the papers this morning, uh, Cory Star Shane's hidden sister hits out. It mirrors a storyline which he's actually got at the moment. Shy and retiring Christina Rianoff declares her baby news. Yes, she's up the duff. Fantastic. Cheryl Spagbowl, um, uh, divorce. Uh, but then we knew that, didn't we? She didn't. She couldn't speak French. She had nothing in common with him. He certainly had nothing in common with her because she was just common. Uh, Channel 5's House of Dreams. David Guest reading off career glories. Very embarrassing. And the mentor behind Tyson Fury was once one of Britain's most feared crime lords. Well, there's a big surprise for you. Poor little Gemma Collins, her new boyfriend, bedded a mum behind her back. <sighs> she can't get it right, can she? The girl with the three-year-old voice. Oh, Sarah Harding, talking of people with three-year-old voices, is back in the frame again. Only briefly, don't worry. She's had to find a reality show because I hate to tell you this and I'm, it grieves me. I don't want to be... Sorry, don't want to be the person to bring you bad tidings, but the uh, the acting's dried up and the singing certainly dried up a long time ago. So she's having to do a reality show. And so that's the only source of income at the moment. But don't worry, she'll be flogging tedious stories about herself. Uh, 400 tickets are sold a second for the lottery last night. I tried to go online. I mean, I wasn't going on to buy tickets. I just wanted to go on to check a winning ticket I'd had on Friday to see whether it said 46 million. And then I got one last night, you know, after midnight, saying, congratulations, the ticket that you bought for Saturday the 9th uh, was a winner. So I can't wait to find out what it is. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to find out exactly how much money I've won. It'll be something stupid. It'll be 25 quid. Although if it says 33 million... <laughs> I don't I don't really know what the answer is. We were all thinking about that the other day, weren't we? We, we? we were sort of pondering on the on the news that if you did win 33 million or, God help you, you won 60 million, what would you do? Would you quit work? Would you go and buy a new house next to Cheryl Spagbowl? Would you start sort of blaring some of her Girls Aloud hits through the walls? I don't know. I, w- I would take great delight in doing all sorts of things. The news was terrible for Leo. He, uh he, he couldn't get over the fact that Cheryl's divorcing. As I say, puts her back on the market again. Or as I prefer to call it, the shelf in the corner. Because she's been on it twice before. Luckily, she's picked two wrong people. So, uh, third time, also unlucky, I'm afraid. Uh, Carol Malone in her column today talks about the Spice Girls going to reunite. And she does echo the rest of the country when she says, who cares? Nobody's interested. They're as, they're as passe now as they were when Jerry Halliwell got rid of the little Union Jack uh, dress and stopped being a Turkish game show host. That was when it all went terribly wrong. The Larry, uh, the Lemmy burial was shown online, but was it? Some people said they couldn't actually access it. It was forest lawns. I cannot help but think, and, uh, and uh, at the risk of upsetting nobody at all, forest lawns is for seriously, seriously show-busy people. The thought that sort of Lemmy is in there, I've, I found sort of semi-amusing at the same time. Callum Best has opened a gym. It's not bad. Only two years ago, he was bankrupt. And it's OK to hit the wife, uh, an Islamist Cleric tells students. A little bit of a worry there, isn't it, really? And the strange story of the overweight child and McDonald's. I mean, this really is the most bizarre story. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm the, I'm the world's biggest cynic, as you probably know. And um, when we had the Primark story of the girl who claimed that... Oh, there he is. Uh, see, a drug dealer. A drug dealer. There he is. Why do they always look fat and bloated? Whose hair's he got on his head? Somebody's done a comb over for him, haven't they? They've given him the basil faulty moustache. 
I have seen the dirty vests. And so he's, he looks really miserable. You know why? That prison food is ghastly. It really is. At the moment, he's been enjoying himself on the outside. And he was in the middle of a jungle. And he was being interviewed by Sean Penn for Rolling Stone magazine. And he did admit that he was... I mean, why do they all wear dirty vests? I mean, what is it about these people? It's You only look at him and you think, does he look like a drug lord? No. Did he kill people? Quite possibly, I should imagine. So they call him El Chapo. I don't know if that's an affectionate term, ladies and gentlemen, or just something we call him anyway. So Sean Penn and his colleagues pitch off out there, go and get an interview. How you get then in? Honestly, if it was that easy for Sean Penn to get him, how couldn't the police get him? Can't have been that difficult, can it? But anyway, just going back briefly to, to this McDonald's story. We had the girl in Primark, you remember, and she claims that she was breastfeeding. Primark had no problem with this, had no problem at all with women breastfeeding, because most of their customers are women. And she claimed that a security man dragged her child from her, her breast as she was feeding and marched out the store saying, if you want the child, you can follow me now. And so she made a complaint to the police. I mean, quite clearly, she was she was not the full ticket, as you can imagine. She really wasn't the full ticket. And Primark were able to demonstrate, with the help of their CCTV cameras, that this never took place at all. It was a figment of her imagination. And uh, she's one of these stupid people. You know, they do exist. They probably didn't do very well at school. They're not bright enough to think that CCTV is everywhere in your life. Driving into London, I think if you drive from London to Leicester Square, you pass more than 200 cameras. More than 200 cameras. I mean, you know, they're, they're on the motorways, they're on the elevated section, they're on the section coming... I mean, I can count you 15 just coming in from my place. Easy 15. Easy 15. And that's just up to where the M4 joins us. 15 cameras. So, uh, so when you get another story of somebody who is making a claim against a company... And this is a really bizarre one. I mean, this is so bizarre. When I, when I first read it, I remember thinking, I don't think they'd ever do that. I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't, but I just think it's highly unlikely. So here is a girl. Her name is uh, Karina. Karina's uh, 16. She's, she's carrying a bit of weight, OK? Mind you, her, her mother is also carrying quite a bit of weight. And so they go to... McDonald's, and they go with the with the kids. She asks for um, six burgers and four fries, which is quite normal. Six six cheeseburgers, four fries, whatever it happens to be. Mother said it was a treat. Judging by the size of mother and child, I suspect they've had quite a few treats in their time because you just don't get this size if you're eating healthily. You just don't. I mean, it's a simple simple fact. So anyway, apparently when. Karina uh, asked for this food. The girl behind the counter shouted to the kitchen, six cheeseburgers. I'm not joking this time. The fat woman wants six burgers. Now, I mean, I don't think I've ever been in a McDonald's yet. And I spoke to a friend of mine who knows this McDonald's very, very well. There are some rough roads around there. Let's put it that way. Some rough roads around Shoreham. And uh, I don't think they've ever had time in McDonald's to ever shout, this fat woman wants six burgers. I mean, I might be wrong. I might be completely barking up the wrong tree, but I would think it was, you know, if there was a manager there and somebody said that, they'd go, excuse me, what have you just said? You'd, you'd carpet somebody. They'd be walking out the door immediately. But anyway, uh, the embarrassed tubby youngster, papers words here, tubby, because she is tubby, um, was left in tears as uh, as other staff members laughed at her in the branch at Shoreham. Have you... I mean, to be honest with you, it's so far-fetched, it might actually be true, but it's so far-fetched that you think, what, so somebody calls her fat, she bursts into tears, and other staff members working at McDonald's laugh. I can't believe... I mean, I just can't... But it just, it's so far-fetched. Anyway, um, Karina uh, went with her sisters, uh, Ashley Jade and Jessica Abigail, to the... Uh, 
Don't make me say it, please. Don't make me say it, please. Don't make me say it. And her brother Jack. So there you go. There's a normal person there. So we're okay. And Sabrina, who's the mother, who's carrying a lot of weight, uh, apparently used to work for McDonald's. I don't kind of see how that fits into anything at all. I used to wee ten times a day, but, you know, I'm not a toilet cleaner. So anyway, she says, um, normally we have home-cooked meals, but once in a while I let them have a treat. As I said before, this girl and her family look like they've eaten quite a few treats at the past. I suspect when she says home-cooked meals, I think she means fish and chips and pizza and chips and stuff like that. Anyway, she says, I have a problem getting Jack to eat when he wants to eat something. I have to let him have it because of the way he is with food. OK, so obviously it's, it's a family. That, uh, I gave my daughter some money and said they could go down and get a few burgers because it was the holidays. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? That's a nice person. So it's holidays, you can have a burger. Oh, God, we had burgers yesterday, Mum, and the day before, and the day before that. She says, I don't think six burgers for four people is over the top, but the girl behind the counter shouted back, six cheeseburgers, I'm not joking this time, the fat woman wants six burgers. I just don't see them saying this at McDonald's. I mean, this, this, must, this must go against every bit of company policy that there really is. I mean, they're, they're, so, they're so drilled in, can I help you, can I help you? They don't have time to start shouting. And also, they don't need to order this thing. They put it into the till and it comes up on a, a, a screen at the back. You don't need to go there, six burger, cheeseburgers, because it's already gone into the till. The till demonstrates, I mean, I'm not stupid. I know how they operate in there. Anyway, the daughter then said, they're not for me. They're for my brothers and sisters. But some of the other staff who were just standing around started laughing. Karina came home, told her mum the story. Sabrina, furious, put some clothes on and marched back to the McDonald's and confronted the manager. She says, my daughter gets embarrassed and upset and doesn't speak up for herself. So being a protective mother, I went down there and let rip without, of course, knowing the full facts. She just went on what her daughter said to her. The manager kept apologising, but she wouldn't let me speak to the girl who'd said it, even though I knew she was hiding around the back, so she knew who the girl was as well. This woman is amazing. Stay-at-home mum Sabrina. What's that mean, stay-at-home mum Sabrina? I don't know what that means. Does that mean she's not working or something? Oh, right, she doesn't work. Uh, alleges when her partner went into the restaurant later the same way, same day, the manager called the police. Well, quite clearly, because if she went in there shouting the odds, the manager, fearing that some of the staff could be hurt, called the police. Uh, he couldn't believe it. The manager called... Well, I would call the police immediately, Sabrina. I'm sorry, love, I would. If somebody comes in like you, shouting the odds, you know, and then your partner goes in there, shouting the odds, I would definitely have called the police. Uh, it was nothing. My partner ended up shaking hands with the policeman. No, that wasn't voluntarily, dear. The police don't shake hands with people. Uh, he just go, all right, all right, mate, yeah, so I, I won't cause any more trouble. I'll, I'll get out now. That's the way I would see it. She says... Um, I used to work in McDonald's when I was young and I would never have dreamed of speaking to a customer. Um, which is quite right. I mean, I wouldn't dream of anybody speaking to a customer. A spokesman for Sussex Police confirmed they had been uh, called and said it was not a police matter. It was simply a civil dispute which did not require the police. After reviewing the CCTV system, which is understood not to record sound, McDonald's have denied the incident took place, which the, ham which the family claim happened on December the 30th. A McDonald's spokesman said the allegation is entirely false. We took this claim very seriously. We re uh, reviewed the restaurant CCTV footage and engaged the local police following the threats made against our employees. So there you go. So, uh, unfortunately, at the end of the day, very shy girl now exposed to media, you know, which is not the best thing. But as I say, I love the way that the... Uh, this, which, uh, this was uh, some report on the internet which called her Tubby, the Tubby youngster. She is Tubby. But then she probably gets it from her mother, who, who is a stay-at-home mother. But uh, when Sabrina said she marched back into McDonald's, I'm assuming she must live fairly close.
Only guessing. It's a very odd story, isn't it? Have you ever heard... I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody at McDonald's ever saying anything like that, but uh, we've been wrong in the past, so there's always the, there was always the, uh, the sort of the level of caution, I suppose. But it does seem an odd thing to say. There's loads of fat people go to McDonald's. Loads of fat people. I've been to McDonald's, and nobody's ever gone, Oi, fat bloke at the front wants a cheeseburger. Laugh out loud. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And especially in Shoreham. I mean, parts of Shoreham are terribly posh. In fact, they're so posh they probably wouldn't even go to McDonald's in the first place. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's 6.20. It's Sunday morning. I forgot to give you the date, actually. It's the date you didn't win the lottery. It's, uh, it's really, really the 10th of January. So we're halfway through the month. Halfway through the month. And, and you're thinking to yourself, we've really run out of money. We've really run out of money. It's lovely. Uh, Phil says, is that the best you can do? Oh, no, I can do so much better, Phil. So much better. He says, the world's going to hell, and all you do is gloat over one woman's unhappiness. Oh, I know. But, I do, but if you listen to this programme on any regular basis, and I know you do, Phil, um, you will know that I thrive on other people's misery. And, and, and when I make a prediction, and, uh, and, I'm, you know, and I'm always right... Uh, which is probably unfortunate for you, but I, I predicted the uh, the downfall of Cheryl, who actively seeks publicity. That's the, that's the reason she's mentioned. She actively seeks the, the press attention. So when it kind of goes wrong, it's kind of like, who cares? Who cares? And uh, I didn't gloat over it. I just said I predicted it. So you must get your words right. You know, it's not, I don't want to make you out to be an idiot, because quite clearly you're not. You can manage to spell, which is a little bit better than the local butcher could the other day. And the local butcher couldn't spell on their sign outside the shop the word bottle. Uh, so I, I decided to tweet a picture of it, uh, of, of bottle. And so, on, let me just find it, actually. So I, could, I, don't, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get it wrong. And so they have a sign out, outside the shop, and it was for... I can't remember what it's for, actually. It was, it was bottle. Is it on the, That's right, thank you. B-O-T-T-E-L-S. And as we all know, that's not how we spell bottle of ale. And so I tweeted, even the local butcher can't spell, which is embarrassing, really, because this is Jody Schechter's uh, butcher's shop, Laverstock. And uh, obviously some buffoon in the shop is a complete illiterate. Although, strangely enough, they can actually spell cider, lager, no big surprise there, and bags. So they can manage to do that, but they can't spell bottle. Uh, they could spell... Um, I'm not sure. Large ice creams. Yeah, I think you could probably just about get away with that one. Uh, but it was other. And then laughingly, somebody from the Riverside Studios in Hammersmith. I'm only assuming some lowly person who flogs ice cream there said, "What does it matter?" And I thought, "What?" So you would put out a program at the Riverside Studios, would you? Uh, sort of saying, "No, who is it?" Um, there was somebody. Um, it's, I mean, whatever it was, I remember thinking, I just sort of, I just delete these completely. In fact, I had to put them out of their misery. And then, and then somebody called Anton said, he's a good business, though. Steve Allen's advertising him. Um, I don't think that was advertising. You wouldn't want to go to a shop where they can't spell, would you, really? Which I thought was quite funny. But, it, and then somebody wrote, somebody called Duncan, who I think works for Riverside Studio. Um, there you go. Technical director at Riverside London. So it might not be Riverside Studio. And he wrote Pot Kettle. I don't quite understand what that was about, but uh, I'm assuming he has a rough idea, bless his heart. And they've actually employed him at Riverside Studios. Good God. As what? Technical director to Riverside Studios. And he wrote Pot Kettle, which I thought was rather sad of him. But anyway, um, the, worst, uh, the worst stuff I ever got, Steve, was at, uh, at Burger King. Rudest person ever. You see, I don't think they are in these places. I'm sorry. 
I don't believe you. I don't believe a word of it. Not one word. People say to me, oh, you get rude staff in these fast food places. The management are there all the time. They don't wander off and go and have a cup of tea. They're there all the time on the shop floor. And nobody would ever say that. They'd be out the door straight away. So I don't believe you. I think you're a liar. I think you're a liar. I think you're just doing it to cause trouble for these people. But in fact, they don't have, you know, they don't have bad service in all these fast food places. They don't have time. They don't have time to be rude to people. They stand there and go, can I help you, can I help you, two cheeseburgers. They're not going to sit, because by the time they've ordered the cheeseburgers, if they're not sitting there and they order, turn around, if they're not there, they do the next customer. And you stand to one side. They don't, you don't do anything like that at all. So, you know, liars we don't tolerate. Uh, liars we just report to the police so much easier. Uh, Paul McKenna, Steve. Uh, lovely man, deserves all his success. He works very hard at it. Uh, very, very hard at it. Uh, another one here. I was surprised to see Noel Edmonds on the lottery. Why? He did the first one. Why would you be surprised to see him when it comes to a rollover? But isn't it just, isn't it sod's law? 13 rollovers, and then it gets to the stage where they've got to give the money away, and two people get it. How lucky, I mean, the odds against that happening must be unbelievable. So nobody wins it 13 times. It rolls over, rolls over, and then with all the brouhaha that they can possibly muster at Camelot... Two people get six numbers against all the odds. Oh, I can't wait to see who they are, can't you? I'd love to see who they are. Good God, I mean, these people, why have they not won it up until now? Did you notice? 26-27, 46-47. They always run in, in pairs. But how lucky that two people got it. Two, we were only looking for one, and two of them got it. After all these weeks of rolling over, two people get it. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? You could not, you could not make anything like that up. They go, are we going to have any winners? I did predict, actually. I did predict on Friday um, that somebody would win it, that there would be a winner and it would be six numbers. So I didn't know two people. I mean, how lucky of them to come up with two people. How lucky. So 13 weeks, it rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls. And then on the last time where everybody goes out and goes mental buying all these tickets. What was it? 400 a second tickets were sold. The website crashed. And then two people get six numbers. Two people after all these weeks. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it should all go in an all or nothing contest. One wins it all, one goes home with nothing at all. It should be like spoof. They should be playing spoof with it. So, you know, so, I mean, because if, if you'd won, you'd be going, yeah, 60 million, 66 million. No, you're sharing it with one other person. Oh, God, who's that? I don't know. Don't know. We'll probably never know. Do you think we'll ever find two winners? Do you think in the papers next week there's going to be two winners? No, I don't think so. I think there's going to be one. I think you'll see one person. But I did predict that there would be a winner of that. Isn't that funny? I hate being right. It's almost embarrassing, actually. It's, you know, sometimes you sort of... It's like after old Spagbol's marriage went west. And, uh, and I said... But I said that when they, when they first got married. Time we got to uh, August... Uh, I, I saw the cracks appearing. I knew it wouldn't last. She's from a, a council estate in Newcastle. He's from a well-heeled family in France. And you think that the, the, the meeting of the minds is going to happen? She couldn't speak French. He couldn't speak English. Of course it wasn't going to last five minutes. All it did was raise his profile and took hers down a notch or two. Of course, the other thing she's going to lose out on, Phil, you'd be delighted to know this, I laughed, um, was when she didn't do a prenup. She didn't do a prenup, so she could lose about eight million quid of her fortune. Dumb or what? Dumb or what? Good heavens above, of course you do. If you've got a fortune and it's more than the bloke you're marrying, or the woman you're marrying, you do a prenup. She didn't. Bearing in mind, she's already got one failed marriage. Now, she's got two failed marriages. 
Hilarious. Hilarious. But don't worry, a lot of people will be sort of going, oh, isn't that a shame for poor old Cheryl? Really? Have you not seen the temper on her? Good God in heaven, you need to come into the real world and smell the coffee. Uh, on the subject of the voice, my friend uh, Toby was saying last night uh, that he was delighted with Boy George. I was just horrified that the BBC put a convicted criminal on the panel. Seriously. And then they actually put on, according to little Julie, Bernie Clifton, who's 79. He sang The Impossible Dream. He was really, really good. Alas, he didn't get picked. Well, you see, it's, he's almost, he was the novelty value, wasn't he? he was, they sort of put him on there because it was Bernie Clifton, and that's why. But uh, it was a good performance. Even the ostrich made an appearance. Oh, God, I hated that ostrich. I hated that ostrich. One man with his feet in the ostrich's feet and holding the ostrich at the front. Was, do you remember seeing that? Oh, no. See, the producer's so young, he doesn't even remember Bernie Cl- Type in Bernie Clifton and have a look at him with the ostrich. It's a bloke with his feet in a piece of acrylic fur. It was never funny, first time round. I don't know, I'm laughing. It was never funny. It was never funny. I promise you, it was never funny. There you go. That, 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 that's Bernie Clifton. So these are the fake legs, and his, his legs are in the... And that apparently was an act. I know. I rest my case. Hilarious, isn't it? You can just double up laughing at it. Uh, I think I'd probably, I'd probably liked Emu better with Rod Hull. But, you know, he does look a bit similar to Nigel Farage, doesn't he? In fact, actually, you could put Nigel Farage on that, uh, on that ostrich. <laughs> now, that would be, that'll, that'll happen by the end of the day. Somebody will put that on there. You watch. It'll go on there. Uh, big win on the lottery, says Kenneth. I got uh, a lucky dip. Ah, well, I didn't get a lucky dip. I got money. I got, isn't it? It's always the way, though, isn't it? Money goes to money. Money goes to money. If you haven't, you know, if you've never had money, you're never going to have any money unless you win the, uh, the lottery. I, too, was a winner. So that's David in Sawbridgeworth, which is where the Beckhams used to have a house. Ghastly place. Uh, I want a free lucky dip. So the houses in country life will have to wait. Yes, I should imagine they probably will. And little Julie says, hmm, yes, what name will Cheryl take now? You were right, as always, didn't last. Sad to hear about Ed Stewart Stewpot. Yes, 74, he had a, a heart attack. And I also grew up listening to him on Junior Choice. And, uh, and interviewed him. He had a book out, so I interviewed him many, many years ago. Whether it's still in the system, I do not know. It's uh, 6.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. So I was watching telly last night. And along came Celebrity Mastermind. And I only knew one person on it. The audience must have been really, really disappointed. Because you've got CBeebies presenter Katie Ashworth. I mean, this is England actor Thomas... Turgoose. I've never even heard of This Is England, so that didn't help at all. Oh, it's good, is it? Okay. Former, former jockey Mick Fix Gerald. Never heard of him. And then uh, radio presenter Sheila Fogarty. My guest on In Conversation fairly recently. And close personal friend. Anyway, so, uh, so she was on there. And she won. She won. I mean, she answered... Qu- they always have a chosen subject at the beginning. And hers was the Pope. And... Quite clearly, being a good Catholic girl, she knew 90% of the answers, so she did very, very well. The person who was the dimmest was the CBeebies presenter, Katie Ashworth. The audience must have been so disappointed when on comes this anywhere between 30 and death presenter. Seriously, I've never seen anybody so old, and I didn't even know who she was. She didn't know anything about about her chosen subject. She got three points. On the general knowledge, four. I mean, that's how bad it is. Uh, Katie Ashworth, known for presenting... She's not known for anything. The audience, you could see the look on their faces when she came in like, who's that? She did, she was, she's been on CBeebies, that was her television career. She was born in Frimley, 
So sorry, everybody. She got a first-class degree in honours from the the University of Exeter. She's been in the CBB's Christmas pantomime. In fact, basically, she's done absolutely diddly squat, I'm afraid. But uh, the good news was, in May 2013, she announced she was pregnant. And uh, Ashworth and her partner, because she's not married, it's always ideal for a children's presenter, isn't it, not to be married. And, um, And they've got their first child, which is lovely. She has played a forest fairy. Which is lovely. And she's also performed at many festivals around, including Lollibop, the South African Good Food and Wine Show, and three CBeebies Live. She's also appeared at the Anvil Theatre in Basingstoke. So she's been around. Unfortunately, she doesn't know anything at all. Seriously, on her chosen subject, and I can't remember what her chosen subject was. It was... What was her chosen subject? Whatever it was, I remember thinking, um, well, she should do well on this. And she was wearing the most peculiar... I mean, how old is she? She must be the oldest children's presenter there. Oh, she, no, she, no, she was donating her money to a wildlife trust, which was very interesting. And then look at what she's wearing. I mean, she... That's right. Her chosen subject was... Wait for this one. Aretha Franklin. You thought she'd have done children's television, vaguely being something she knows about. She didn't know anything. Three points. Pass. Oh, oh, and then she tried to develop a personality at the end, and that failed miserably. And then they bring on the This Is England actor, Thomas Togu, so I didn't know him either. He did as badly as she did. And this is supposed to be their chosen subject. This is supposed to be the thing they're an expert on. So when the jockey gets ten or whatever he got, it made her look like the dimmest person on the planet. Wrong makeup. Far too old, ridiculous outfit. Don't put yourself on television ever again. If you're a children's presenter, dear, stick to doing, uh, you know, and she'll be coming around the mountain when she... Don't push yourself any further. Sheila Fogarty uh, was playing for Contact the Elderly. I mean, she knew what she was talking about because she's a professional. The other... Oh, it was just embarrassing. Seriously. But it's the fact that they now call these people celebrities. And uh, as we've discussed in my book, So You Want to Be a Celebrity... Oh, that's, oh, I knew there was something. I knew there was something. There's a story in one of the papers today, which I thought, I've got to bring it to you. I've got to bring it to you, because it's the kind of, uh, kind of story that Steve Allen loves on his programme. Apart from Tyson Fury's guru was a drug crime baron. Big surprise there. And, uh, and then Cheryl files for divorce. He's also filed for divorce. And e- uh, irreconcilable differences. Whatever that means. An insider said... Uh, in the end, Cheryl realised that she had married too soon and had been swept away on a whirlwind romance. And also she was out of her depth. Completely and utterly out of her depth. She couldn't have been further out of her depth. Uh, Ed Stewart, Stewpot, he suffered a stroke. 74. Um, every loved him in the business. He was separated, which I was always disappointed to hear because you always want people to have the, the very best in their life. But uh, it might not have been for him. But he loved his radio. Two libraries are closing every week. And then the attention, sorry... The, uh, the lovely personality that is Christina Rianoff has managed to get herself pregnant with Ben Cohen. Well, we're assuming it's Ben Cohen. Wouldn't like to think it'd be anybody else. I mean, we don't know for a fact. But uh, she hasn't ruled out a return to Strictly. It's funny that, actually, darling. I ruled that out immediately in my mind. The moment you went on television, I don't, I don't want to talk about private things. I have a secret for you all. Uh, I'm pregnant. And we go, oh, that's really intelligent, isn't it? Really intelligent. I sincerely hope that Ben Cohen, who doesn't appear to have any work at the moment, is going to be able to finance this. I sincerely hope he is. I mean, how stupid. How really stupid. Two unmarried people, her with a track record as long as your arm, and him buffoon of the first order. Ex-wife, don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. I bet she doesn't. It's almost like Christina Rianoff uh, went on television to rub her face in it. That's, that's, you know, that's what I thought. And Robin Asquith, a bit before many of your time, but not before mine, he, um, he made a lot of bawdy confessions films, and he says he's still a hit 
with the ladies. I can well understand he spent most of his time in the confessions films with his clothes off. He's making a return to Benidorm tomorrow, the series. He's 65. He said, I've had women in lift who've pressed the emergency button and then taken their clothes off. Well, there you go. I mean, I don't think it would happen in this building, you know. I mean, if anybody got me in the lift and pushed the emergency button, I would be screaming blue murder, let me tell you. I would... Yes, you do get to, you get to listen to one of our sister stations. Sometimes you get to listen to us, which I like. Actually, I think this morning you'll probably be listening to us. But uh, anyway, he has uh, he's returned, so that's good news. So we like him a lot. We like him a lot. Uh, there was a story... I can't find the story in the papers. Oh, Forgotten Tunnels. Uh, these are all over the country. And if there's one thing you know I'm fascinated with, it's Forgotten Tunnels. Uh, places that uh, we used to... You know that Clapham Common... Underneath Clapham Common, there is a huge air raid shelter. Enormous. They use it for storing cars at the moment, but I believe it's... Oh, God. Uh, I believe it's, uh, it was air raid shelters for the war. Here she is back again. Poor old Sarah Harding. Oh, what are you, dear? Singer? No. Actress? Definitely not. Um, oh, God, what do you do? Nothing. You just have to appear on a reality show. That's about it. Uh, she's 34 now, at least. And um, she's going to be doing the jump, tackling the ski slope. Uh, at the end of this month, she'll be among contestants taking on a series of winter sports in Austria. Luckily, Sarah managed to get this gig after failing to oppress anybody with her acting skills. I mean, she quite simply can't act. I don't know why people think they can when there are people... Who... Oh, I know where that is. That's Alexandra Palace. Crystal Palace, isn't it? Crystal Palace. They did that uh, on the telly yesterday, where they want to open up these uh, the entrance to the Crystal Palace. The rest of it burnt down, but they've got these beautiful... Uh, entrance hall, all tiled and very nice. And I don't think you should let people in there at all. It should be kept locked up, as far as I'm concerned. Don't want these graffiti artists to go in there and completely ruin it. So, um, so anyway, uh, so Sarah Harding is going to be doing that. And that's about all she's got in the diary. There's nothing else. She'll probably have a piece in OK magazine about, you know, she's really looking forward to appearing in The Jump, because that's about all she can get. Hugh Hefner is selling the, uh, the Playboy Mansion. Uh, they reckon... It could go for about 138 million, but he still wants to live there uh, for the rest of his life. I mean, actually, that's not too bad because he's 89. He can't go for much longer, can he? So his rest of his life could be a year or five years or something like that. Uh, He married his third wife called Crystal Harris. It's not her real name. She's British, incidentally. And she looks exactly like the sort of person who would be called Crystal. And uh, she's over there. Apparently, Cheryl, they're, they're, they're now trying to make out that this marriage failure was all his fault. Apparently, he, he, was, he was jealous of her dogs and everything. Why would you be jealous of somebody who can't string two words together? Why, you know, I mean, it's just going to be all this kind of stuff. He hated her being with men. What, what men? What men has she been with? I mean, I don't understand. She sits at home twiddling her thumbs and sort of deciding to take up knitting, but I don't think she's bright enough to take up knitting. Uh, there was also, and I think somebody on LBC dealt with this the other day, the, the Muslim cleric who says it's OK to beat your wife if she doesn't please you. I suggest if you were married to him, smack him in the face a few times. I don't understand how anybody could actually go around preaching things like that to British students. He's a ridiculous person. In the videos, he defends wife-beating and advises husbands to use a stick. He claims women who go out without saying where or a late home are guilty of gravely improper behaviour. The preacher recommends light spanking. Well, he's obviously some sort of pervert, isn't he? I mean, that's not normal behaviour at all. Not normal behaviour. Yes, didn't uh, Petri clash with him? Actually, I thought so. And so he publishes these sermons. And so Petri grilled him on it. I could just imagine, actually. I'd have actually brought him in the studio with Petri and we'd just beaten him around the, uh, the bottom with a woman's weekly, ladies and gentlemen. Rolled up, I should imagine. But uh, she seems to get these people. So Petri, it's on the LBC website. 
She grills him as part of LBC's best bits. You must not miss it. Here was the story I wanted to bring you. Here was the story. No, I have to take a break. But this is the story I wanted to bring you because I remember thinking when I read it, I thought, oh, thank God. We've not had a story like this for, for some time, have we? And, um, and you often wonder, you know, where these stories come from. And sometimes they are a gift. This one appears in the sun today. So it's, uh, it's firmly on Stig's doormat. And I'll tell you what it is in a moment, because it's quarter to seven, nearly. Steve Allen on LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's 12 minutes to seven. Somebody's suggesting, poor old Mike, that uh, the person who wrote the sign might be dyslexic. I don't actually think out of seven people working in the butchers, they're all dyslexic, Mike. So uh, no sympathy necessary at all and none forthcoming. OK, just rank stupidity. OK, are you telling me that out of the whole of Twickenham, everybody's dyslexic? Don't be so stupid. Goodness sake, honestly. Nothing will. You're one of these sort of people. Are you, you're outraged of Chertsey, I can tell. Not one single number for Noreen on the lottery. Again. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, how many tickets do people buy on average? How many people do, tickets did people buy on average? I mean, I, I bought 30. But I only bought 30 because I'd won enough money to pay for them. So it didn't actually cost me anything. That was my winnings from the last time round. But, uh, and as far as I know, I've, I've got something. But, I mean, I, I, it's not going to be very much, is it? Of course, if it says 33 million, we're rethinking everything. Uh, another very sad uh, passing, Stewpot, part of my radio life. Yes, I think part of many people's uh, radio life with Julia Choice... And his uh, and his radio history at seventy seventy four. I couldn't uh, couldn't quite see it myself, but there you go. Morning to young Cameron, Patsy's uh, grandson, who's been in hospital so long. Thrilled to get a mention on his hospital radio the other day. So there you go. So young Cameron, I wish you uh, wish you well in hospital. Dreadful. And uh, touching on your point about staff in fast food establishments, I have to agree with you, says Steve. Everybody agrees with me. Everybody, agree- I'm never wrong. Never wrong. I personally think people should be quicker to hold a mirror up and look at themselves. From personal experience, some members of the public are horrifically rude to people at work. Well, I heard somebody the other day who phoned up. Who was it they phoned up? It must have been somebody phoning up. One of, our, one of the regular callers who phoned up um, Darren Adam. And Darren started off, so and so, we're going over to whoever it was. Uh, good morning. And this person didn't even say good morning or acknowledge him. It was the rudest person I've ever heard. I'd have banned him immediately. No messing around. Why can't people just say good morning? Cost nothing. These people are so ignorant. Probably can't spell either, I should imagine. We live in a day and age where people think if they spend a fiver on a burger, they can scream at some poor person trying to make a living, says Steve. I agree. I agree. I mean, put it this way, working in retail nowadays, you take your life in your hands. Working as a policeman, you take your life in your hands. But, uh, you know, to then sort of try and justify that, you know, because I pitched up with, uh, with a sign outside a butcher's in a high street where it's spelt incorrectly. And some idiot comes up with the fact that they could be dyslexic when there's seven people working in there and people pass the sign every day. That's just sheer ignorance. Nothing more. And if you complain about it, then uh, you're probably one of these people who moans about just about everything. Oh, the sky might be blue a little bit later on. Well, I wanted it to be dark. I can't believe it's only blue. Dreadful. Dreadful that they've managed to... Uh, Sort of do away with smoking in pubs. That's why pubs are closing. Not really, actually. Not really. Uh, the other Danny Cohen says, uh, with regards to Mr and Mrs Spagbol, I can clearly remember you predicting that the marriage would be a short one when she publicly announced, uh, and her publicity machine announced in all the papers, she'd remarried. Plus, I can recollect a storyline on Towie that saw Gemma the Whale Collins and Bobby, only gay in the village Norris, falling out for the hundredth time as Gemma couldn't support Bobby's decision to adopt a baby. My, how things have changed. Much love and proud to be part of the Sunday Spike. Uh, 
It is. It's these people actively seek publicity. And so here's another one in the papers today. And we haven't had one of these for a long while. It's uh, a Manchester United ace called Anthony Marshall. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's Martial, is it? Oh, right. Martial, M-A-R-T-I-A-L. It's now pronounced Martial, is it? Dear Lord above, honestly. Stranger things in heaven and earth. Dyslexic, maybe, Mike? I don't know. Perhaps I must be. I don't know. But he cheated on his doting wife by romping with an X-Factor wannabe. Oh, thank God for her. Thank God for her, because she failed in the X Factor. Thank God she managed to find a footballer. I was so worried that she'd disappear without trace. And so she then sells her story. He told me he was separated from wife. He was passionate lover. It was good. Why do people sell these stories? Why would you seriously want to make yourself look like a cheap tart? By selling a story, you know, we do accept the fact that people pick people up in clubs and bars and they take them home and they probably have a cup of coffee and, you know, read a book together or something like that. And occasionally, only very occasionally, if you're really lucky and you paid for the cab fare, do you get to sort of see what the inside of their bedroom looks like. In her case, she wasted no time in bedding him at all because she's failed in one department, so she might as well go the other route of bedding a married man. Oh, that was so lucky for you, he's married. Otherwise, no story. Footballer beds failure. That's what the headline would have been. But, of course, she's an X-Factor beauty who's failed on numerous occasions. But, uh, anyway, last night, United and the player's agent refused to issue any statement. Why would they? You know, it's not up to, it's not up to them to issue a statement. So he slept with a girl who was available. What's different in that? Hello. I'll prefer it with the lights off next door, if you could manage that. It's just a lot easier, you know, to look at you. I feel like I'm watching a television programme in widescreen. My brother's still got plasma. My brother had a plasma television. It's just blown up. And so he's buying... An... They get very hot plasmas. Do they really? Oh, right. Well, anyway, so it's... he said it's broken. So he's going to buy another one. But, of course, they're much cheaper than when he bought the plasma. And you can get them thinner, but he's had his walls drilled and plugged. And, you know, they've got scaffolding up on the outside to hold it all together because of the weight of these televisions. And um, so he's going to buy a television. So I've told him to shop around. Because if you're going to buy a television, you can get really long warranties in John Lewis. Then you've got Costco, we've got Disco. You know, you can really shop around and get some good prices, can't you? And you do want an extended... He's had it about eight years, this plasma. Is that a long time to have a plasma? I mean, I don't know. Bit of an earlier... Oh, right, yeah. He thought it was great. It's bigger than the sitting room, this, this television. Seriously, you go in there, it's like a video wall. It's like going to the LBC studio downstairs. It, it, <laughs> I don't know why, but anyway, he said he's going to go and buy another one, so that's good. Because he said it, it wasn't worth repairing. But it, it's it's quite heavy, obviously. It's got a special thing on the wall. Mine's just held up with a little bit of araldite, you know, and some uh, and some Velcro pads. <laughs> I like the idea of a Velcro pad, actually. It makes me laugh, a Velcro pad. I don't know why. I've used them for all sorts of things. Uh, 8485. Uh, surely this idiot, says Maria, instructing husbands to hit their wives should be arrested for inciting violence against women. These people are idiots, Maria. We just have to accept the fact that some people are idiots. And he's obviously an idiot. I mean, any woman who wants to stay with a person like that needs a brain's testing. Dreadful. Uh, Sonia says, here I am in hospital after an operation, and there you are making me laugh through my discomfort. The McDonald's script by the tubby ladies, or is it the fat birds in Shoreham, was funny. And then you top it up with a lottery story. Steve, you are such a cynic. I was thinking the same as you on both stories, all made up. Keep up the laughter this week, because it takes my mind off the pain. Yes, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, actually. It's, it is the pain, isn't it, which, which goes. And if you're in hospital, it's not so great. Not so great. So more of, your, uh, more of your texts and all the rest of it. I'm very surprised, actually, says uh, Janet. 
that if Mr Spagbold is from a well-to-do French family, he doesn't speak quite good English. Well, I mean, I don't know why he doesn't speak quite good English. There's obviously some reason for it. I mean, I should imagine he, he probably can't understand a word she's saying. Why, well, yeah, eh? Because you're worth it. Oh, sorry, darling. I don't, what, what do you say to me? What do you say to me? I said, because you're worth it. No, darling, I don't get this at all, but you're, you're beautiful, beautiful. But you need to eat more, please, a lot more. You know, in France, we like curvy women, curvy women. Unfortunately, poor old Cheryl's curves are in all the wrong places, aren't they? Sunken cheekbones. Perhaps now she'll start eating. That could be the New Year resolution that I'm making for her. Please, please, eat some food. Try and get back where you were again and try and... Try and curb the temper. The temper's not good. She lost it with Alan Sugar when he politely pointed out that she was thin. And then she wanted it made an offence for saying somebody's thin. Whereas, in fact, it's called concern. It's called concern. You know, we, we don't say anything just for the effect of saying it. It's called concern. It's like, it's like really, you know, I mean, you, know, you look at poor old Jordan. I watched her the other day on Loose Women. She's, she's not intelligent enough to be on there. I mean, I think really in Jordan's case, I think she, actually when you look at Cheryl Tweedy um, from all those years ago, she's unrecognisable, isn't she? Unrecognisable as the person now. She had to pay. Uh, this was back in 2003. She had to do community service. She had to pay compensation for an assault. And um, it was a shame, really. But she's unrecognisable as Cheryl Tweedy, the one, the one that we've got now, isn't she? Look at early, early pictures of her. She was going to be a model, apparently. She was going to be a model. This was when she was 20. So if that's 2003, what's that, for, uh, 14 years ago? No, 12, I can't work it out now, 13 years ago. 13 years ago. So she's 30, 32, 33. Good God. Seems a lot of water under the bridge, as they say. I mean that in a nice way. I don't mean sort of, you know... Any sort of derogatory way. It's an odd one, though, isn't it? She's had a, you know, a, a, a bit of a strange life. I told you that it was rumoured that Simon Cowell used to take her out with sort of friends, well-heeled friends, just to see that she couldn't really have a conversation on any particular level. And there's no reason to suggest why, why she should be able to. So she was guilty of an assault, but cleared of a racist attack. This was with a toilet attendant. Do you remember at a nightclub? In... I remember it vividly because I can remember. And come on, we've all been there. People have been there. I spoke to somebody who I knew a short while ago, and they got horribly drunk. He said, and I cannot remember anything I did. She actually, I mean, it was, it was drunken violence, but at one point she said to the girl, don't you know who I am? And, of course, the girl didn't have the faintest idea who she was. She didn't know who she was at all. She tried to pretend that her father owned the club or something, and it was, it was all a bit messy. But it's going to come back to haunt her every so often. The, the toilet attendant was just working there. You know, poor girl. She was just in the toilet handing towels out to people and, and just generally being being pleasant. And um, and Cheryl wasn't very pleasant at all. And the judge said at the time, I think you showed no remorse whatsoever. But Jordan was... I mean, when I watched Jordan on Loose Women, I couldn't quite work out why they'd actually put her on there. Because she's she's not coherent. She doesn't really know what she's talking about half the time. And she's had so much surgery now. That, and it's, it's interesting because somebody said to me, she just wants to be like, like one of the blokes. And then her cosmetic surgeon said, well, just two more operations and she'll have achieved it. Uh, which I didn't, I don't really, I thought that was very unkind and very unnecessary. Because she is looking a little bit too bland at the moment. There's no, it's almost like she's sort of, she's Mrs. Doubtfire. In the kitchen where the social worker comes down and Robin Williams goes into the kitchen and can't think, he can't get the makeup on quick enough so he sticks his face in a bowl of cream and goes, hello, dear. 
And the social worker, oh, like that. And that reminds me of what poor old Jordan looks like every time she appears on Loose Women. It's like she can't do her own makeup. She looks too bland. There's no colour, no effect. She's too puffed up. The cheeks, everything. It just looks wrong. And that's supposed to be glamour. But for glamour, read, you're not really interesting enough to do fashion. They're never going to ask her to do fashion, so you have to do glamour. And for glamour, means you have to get your kit off. And, of course, that's where, that's where Jordan excels in getting her kit off. For so many people. Uh, it is possible I'm one of the two lucky winners, says Richard in Huddersfield. Oh, I'm so excited. I just, to think that on this little humble programme, ladies and gentlemen, we might actually know a winner from the lottery. Can you imagine if it's somebody listening to this programme who's actually one of the two winners on the lottery? But as I said earlier on, I mean, what luck for Camelot. Nobody wins for 13 weeks and then blow me down on the last one. They produce two winners. How is this possible? I do not understand it. Uh, Channel 5's House of Dreams. David Guest reading off his career glories. What a silly little show-off he is. And American. Why can't we just ditch him and get rid of him? Rolf Harris is selling his mansion for five million to fund getting out of prison. Winston McKenzie claims it was a concerted effort of Channel uh, 5 to get him out of the house. And uh, Channel 5, is it? Was it on Yeah, Channel 5. And uh, everybody else said, no, no, it's because you're a homophobe, OK? And hopefully you'll disappear to that place called Obscurity, which you belong in. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. I'm Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's coming up four minutes past seven. It's Sunday morning, the 10th of January. Now, you're either waking up with a big smile on your face going, I've won 33 million, or you're waking up, like me, deeply depressed that you didn't win 33 million, but who cares? You live to fight another day. And you're probably going, but I spent 20 quid on tickets and I didn't get anything at all. And people will have done if they were selling, what was it, 400 tickets a second. Uh, the site crashed and then two people win it. Two people get six numbers. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Uh, as bad, I suppose as it is to, you know, have a rollover for 13 weeks. Uh, Cara Malone says the Spice Girls are going to reunite. Who cares? Gemma Collins not having much luck again. And uh, Sarah Harding back in the frame again. But don't worry, it'll be only briefly. And also, people are not buying... I never understand it. I really can't quite get my head around it. I've tried on numerous occasions. People who go to the supermarket, they buy their things, and then somebody says, would you like a bag? And they go, uh, yeah, and they go, it's 5p. I don't want one. You go, you've just spent 70 quid on food and you're not prepared to spend 5p on a bag. And they go, so they walk out with it. So now I can't spot the shoplifters. Normally the shoplifters are easy because they're carrying it out in their arms. So I tackle them, bring them to the ground, and then they go, I've paid for it, I've paid for it, I've got a receipt. And I go, well, well don't look like a shoplifter in future. You have to chase all these people out there. I always buy bags, even though I've got loads of bags at home. Seriously, I could start selling them here. I could own a, I could own a little shop downstairs. And I could, um, I could start selling bags, because I've got loads of them. I just use them as rubbish bags. It's 5p, for goodness sake. I'm not going to get excited. I mean, I've got in my pocket at the moment. I don't want to be rich to you and sort of make out that I'm, like, loaded or something like that. But I've got... That's loads of 5p bags I've got. £2, £3, £4, £5, £6, £7, £8, £9, £10. I've got about, about £12 worth of change in my pocket. That's a lot of bags. Well, I'm surprised my trousers are still up, but also I'm surprised that the pockets are still holding because I have to get my uh, pockets reinforced uh, because we're putting money in them all the time because I don't have a, a purse. Men don't have purse. Have you noticed? Women have purses. Ladies have purses. But uh, men don't have anything. We have wallets because wallets are butch and you keep, you keep money in, in the wallet, but you don't keep your change, whereas women have got a little purse. Perhaps they should make little purses for men. 
Or something, no, obviously wrong again, on so many levels. Why is it that men can't have, is it seen as being slightly effeminate to have a purse? Whereas in fact, big bag. Well, they do, you see, if, if you go to the continent, they have man bags, don't they? Which are like, like clutch bags, and they were very popular here in the, uh, in the 80s, mainly with gay men. They got what? Oh, right. Packs that go around your waist. And, uh, and you put your money in there. But I don't like that. I don't like that idea of having something, you know, that's sort of an extra belt over the top of your trousers with a little thing, you know, to keep your cigarettes and your lighter or something in there. But anyway, neither here nor there. So it is possible, says Richard in Huddersfield, that I'm one of the two lottery winners. I say that because I did two lucky dips, but I've not checked my ticket yet. Uh, ah, because I did two lucky dips, but I haven't checked it. I, liked, I daydreamed for a while. And earlier on, I was imagining my Spanish villa and wondering if I should have the pool heated. Then there's the Turbo Bentley. Should I get a soft top? And then I went through the family, how much I'd give them, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, part of me wants to ring my smug boss and say, come and shift the company car out of the drive. I need the space for the Bentley. He said, I'm just going to daydream until the end of your show. Then I'll check the ticket online. Yes, I mean, I do the same. I keep it going for weeks until, and they go, but nobody's come forward. And I think, it's because it's me. It's because it's me. And then you suddenly realise that it isn't you. And that, that's, when, that's when somebody comes forward and they go, oh, by the way, I've just... And they, and they live in a caravan site in Rill or something, somewhere overlooking the sea. And I go, why can't it be me? Why can't, and then, I, and then you fantasise over, you go onto your lottery thing and it goes 33.000.000. And you think, but that, that's 33 million. Then you phone them up and the woman counts out the zeros to you. And, and it kind of works. But then, of course, if it doesn't work... I mean, what would I do with 33 million? Goodbye. And so, anyway, <laughs> what would you... 33 million? I don't know what you'd do. I'd have to make sure everybody knew that I got 33 million. And then I think, no, I wouldn't want to do that. I don't want to tell people. You have to keep it quiet. How quiet could you keep it? How quiet could you keep a lottery win like that? Could you... What's that? That's the winning ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got the cash, mate. I've got the cash on me. And Phil, Phil Vickery says his dad has a purse, had it all his life. So, you see, I mean, it's, it's, why can't men have purses? I used to have, years ago, Phil, it was a wallet which had a little purse at the front so you could keep just a few coins in it. But now they make a little plastic thing where you put your pound coins in and your 50p's. It's supposed to be for parking metres. So when you get the... Am I facing the right way? What's, what's the matter? Why are you looking at me so... It's a little plastic round thing, and you slip the coins into it. It holds, like, sort of ten-pound coins, and you can put in a... F- f- sorry, half a chip stuck in my tooth. And, uh, classic, isn't it, really? I should really floss in the mornings. And so, anyway, and so you sort of, And then you, you keep that in your pocket, and then you take it out when you want to use a parking meter. But I use, I use the phone for parking. I don't... Fiz- except yesterday, I went out, I thought, I'm going, I'm going to buy some boots... Not not boots, the chemist. I'm going to buy some boots. I'll, I'll have a look in the sales, because I'm a bit cheap. And uh, and I thought, perhaps I can get... Anyway, so I drive to Kingston, £30 worth of petrol, and uh, and I then so I park up, £4. Because you never know how long you're going to be, do you? So you have to overcompensate. So I always put a little bit extra in. That's indeed what we all try to do, don't we? And so I, and I go off shopping, and I'm walking around, I can't see anything I like. I can't see anything that remotely... I'm completely... I'm completely nonplussed by everything. I looked in the shoe shops. I looked, it looked boring and dull. I even looked in Marks and Spence. I'm not buying socks there ever again. I've decided I'm going to go and find cheaper socks because they keep falling down and falling under my feet because the top of them are not elasticated enough. It's like your pants. Once that goes at the top, you've had it. Don't want your pants around by your ankles, do you? 
That was specifically aimed at Cheryl. And so anyway, <laughs> only joking, Cheryl. <laughs> Why, I? Because you're not worth it. And so, and so, and so I walked around Kingston. And you know what I came home with? Somebody said to me, said, oh, did you go shopping? I said, yeah, I went, went to Kingston. He said, what did you buy? Thinking it'll come up with a cast list of goodness knows what else. I came up with um, six bread rolls. Six crusty bread rolls. I could have bought them in Greg's in Twickenham. I had to go all the way to Kingston. Apparently... Apparently, Phil, Phil, Phil tells me this, this, this Purse saga, it's going to run forever now, I have a feeling, it's going to be Purseville. Last week we had, uh, we had Sockville, now it's going to be Purseville. He's, his, his is the one that unfolds, and the front panel is like a small tray. We still rib him, that he's just tight. It's horrid, isn't it? The trouble is, I don't call it tight. I remember years ago saying to somebody, it's not tight, it's being careful. Careful with your money. I don't mind, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy to buy things for people. It doesn't, doesn't worry me in the slightest. But I can't think of anything that I really want at the moment. Some people say, oh, I can't wait to do the sales. And I go, I can't wait not to do the sales. I don't actually need anything. There's nothing I think of that I go, oh, I definitely need that. Apparently, libraries are closing. And the reason being is that you're all using Kindles and stuff. like. Nobody physically goes out and buys books anymore. I'm the only person, but the sort of books I buy, I like buying old books. You know, really old books of sort of specific, to, you know, either books from my childhood or, or just old books full stop. I've got nobody to keep them, though. Seriously, I'm like Stigger the Dump at the moment. It's getting ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I looked at the boot of the car this morning. You don't want to know what's in the boot of the car. It's just absolutely crackers. It really is. And uh, watched on the buses the other day. Jonathan Lynn wrote it. He didn't mention the buses on his in conversation. No, he didn't, actually. There were so many other things we were, we were talking about. Uh, and we didn't actually get round to that. Uh, Val says, today I start 10 days off, but not out of choice. Annual leave has to be taken before the end of the financial year. No lottery win last night, but happy that I can live within my means and still have a bottle of Prosecco in the fridge for anybody who pops round unexpectedly. It's nice. A friend of mine, uh, uh, Michael, uh, bought me a bottle of Prosecco for Christmas, which I got yesterday. I went to get my hair cut. Nobody's noticed this morning. Nobody's mentioned it. You walk in here, you know, you have a new haircut, a new style... And you walk in and nobody says a blinking word to you. You know, or if it's a woman, the first thing somebody says is, I mean, I said the other day to Maz, I said, oh, you, your hair's a different colour now. What it said on the bottle last time round. And, uh, and so she said, yes, it is a different colour. I said, well, I know. She said, I'm glad you noticed. And so I said, did you notice my hair? No. Nobody noticed. Why do people not notice my hair? Why is it? There's no good saying I look beautiful now. I mean, that's, you know, because now I know you're taking the, taking the mickey. Uh, whereas before it would have worked, but now it hasn't. So I'm going to spend the rest of the day in deep, deep depression. Uh, I watched the documentary movie about Amy Winehouse, says Jamie. Rather sad as she had lots and lots of friends trying to look after her, but Paul soul was lost. Yeah, she had lots and lots of friends who weren't doing anything for her. That's the trouble, isn't it? But there you always find that with people. You know, there she was. She spent the night alone in a bed with a security man downstairs. And that, and that was it. Good on Sir Alan, trying to ring alarm bells on Cheryl. Hope she takes the comment on board and not as a criticism. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she should take it on board. People are concerned, you know, but because she's so insecure, she'd have to be, you know, she should, she should really learn how to take uh, criticism. Everybody learns how to take criticism. Every single person. Uh, 84850, uh, Michael says, your veiled comments read Camelot and the double winners probably means you're now blacklisted. No, I have an account. I've just opened it a minute ago. It was so stupid, honestly. I thought, where are these people coming from? Is this matron letting people use the telephones again? Go, dear, back inside your bed. Lock him up, please. Padded cell matron for Michael. No, I just, don't you think it's unusual? Nobody wins for 13 weeks and then blow me down on the week they have to have a winner. They come up with two winners. 
Don't you think that's unusual? I, th- I said on the programme, the odds of that happening must be absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Daniel says, with predictive text on my mobile that offers three choices of spelling, Microsoft Word with its automatic spell check, Outlook Express that has a spelling button, failing that, try entering the word in Google search textbook, also gives you several spelling options, or use the Firefox internet browser, also has spell check. I am dyslexic and have no problem using the above options. I know, it's just somebody being stupid, Danny. Don't, don't worry, it's, you know, people are like that, aren't they? Uh, somebody else saying, Steve, is it possible that I could be one of the winners? Well, as far as I know, we've got nobody come forward yet, have we? But there again, I've been working, so it's a little bit difficult for me to actually get forward and, and phone Camelot. Can you imagine if you, if, if you, if you did go online? I, but believe you me, I've been through this fantasy on many an occasion. You, 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 you fantasise, I've definitely got it, and you phone up and they go, Hello, Mr Allen, it's Camelot here, make sure to have a check. Because we're running the adverts, we were. One, two, three, four, five, six zeros, preceded by... The number 33, which means you're a multimillionaire. And it's at that moment that I have the heart attack and drop down dead, still clutching the phone. You know, and you go, what a waste of time that was. So what I've done is I've tried to prepare myself. I've prepared myself. I've taken some stress-busting tablets, which are herbal, so don't worry, they're not addictive. So that if I did win, I can cope with it and go, thank you very much indeed. And then just put the phone down and then die. You know, because I think it's better if you put the phone... I don't want to crack the screen, because they're, like, really expensive, and it comes out of your estate. It's going to be about, like, two or three hundred quid, and my brother's not going to be happy. So, and I've, so I've tried to prepare myself as to... You know, and then she says, well, you have ticked the box for publicity. And I go, actually, I don't really want publicity. Well, you've ticked the box for publicity. Oh, God, is that a photo shoot? Because then I'm going to have to get another haircut. Got to go and buy another outfit, and I'm not very good at buying outfits. I don't know what to... I've got to buy a suit, actually. I, I was going to... I could wear a sparkly jacket, couldn't I? Whether that would come out in the sun... I'll have to check with Stig whether or not they'll, they'll print a picture of me in a sparkly jacket, trying to look sophisticate, sophisticated, holding a big cheque with, pay Steve Allen 33 million. And then a load of sort of knives in my back, I think. That'd be quite good. Mainly from people I work with, going, you know, we really hated you. We never liked you. And you've got 30... Look at that snow! Where's that snow? Well, they are predicting snow this week. I think. They were predicting snow this coming week. They said the temperature's going to drop and it's really going to get cold. So if you're going out today and you're going out next week, uh, wrap up. You need to need to wrap up. Uh, what have we got? Uh, we got uh, the front pages of the papers coming up in one second. Steve Allen on LBC. LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. It's LBC. It's 22 minutes past seven. It's the 10th of January. And to be honest with you, the weather's going to turn this week. Well, that's what they've said. I keep hoping they're going to be wrong, but they have said it's going to turn. Uh, Doreen says, I watched Lemmy's funeral on YouTube last night. All the good and bad from the world of rock and heavy metal was there, as well as his family, including his son and his bootmaker. Loads of different people spoke and the place was heaving. With flowers. Very good send-off. Yeah, you always think to yourself, don't you, that if that you say that about somebody, you say, they had a really good send-off, and you think, it's a shame they're not there to enjoy it. I quite like the idea that if you sort of, if you come back as anything, I want to make sure I come back as sort of something, you know, that can view yourself from on high. People say they have actually died and they've come back from the other side. I don't believe it. I'd like to, but I know it's not actually possible. So I sort of think to myself, what a shame that you can't enjoy your own funeral. Why can't you enjoy your own funeral? Uh, front pages of the uh, the papers uh, say, proven right, uh, way back in August, when I said after Cheryl's marriage sort of kicked off, I said, it won't last. I said, absolutely will not last. 
I said, and I can tell you that for a fact, and I knew I was right, and I knew it had finished back in August. The signs were there, and they finally admitted that, yes, it broke down in August, and they've just kept it quiet. But you can't keep it quiet from me, because I could spot the signs. They weren't seen together. When they were seen out, they weren't doing anything. It was just, it was a little bit sort of, it was just, she felt she had to be married. Otherwise, they're going, oh, you're over 30 and you're still single. (sighs) Must be something the matter with you. But, of course, now she's got two failed marriages. I suspect that probably something is the matter with her, because once you get into this business, people see an image. And didn't he tweet something about, you know, people see you as being lovely and all the rest of it but really you're not like that and that's what it is I can remember seeing a television program about a very famous person years ago who was down on her luck and uh, she'd uh, she'd had money and then she'd lost all her money and she was getting on in years and so one of her biggest fans <coughs> decided that she could move in with him and she hadn't learned to be humble. It's very difficult if you've been in show business to try and learn to be humble. Ask anybody. Very difficult. You know, hence Bernie Clifton on The Voice. He's 79, for goodness sake. At 79, he should have retired. <coughs> but um, people don't retire in show business. They just keep going because it's the lure of the business. It is, it is the roar of the crowd and the smell of the grease paint. It's the excitement. It's the lights. It's everything. And uh, in this particular lady's case, she went to live with this fan. Well, within a week, he'd, he'd thrown her out again. He thought she was awful. Because he was, he was starting off from a base going, oh, I really thought she was fantastic. And so it isn't like that. When you see Cheryl on the television, hello, all this kind of stuff. And you know it's just hair and makeup. And in fact, not even her hair. So by the time she gets in and starts taking all the hair extensions out and takes the makeup off, you've got a totally unrecognisable person. That's what Jordan says when she looks in the mirror. Who is that? The answer is, it's you, darling. It's you. And that's why, you know, you can't start altering yourself. When you look at the early pictures of, of Cheryl, she was a young girl, admittedly, a bit of a drunk, a bit of an airhead. Now just the airhead. And so she's, she's sort of there, and she doesn't really do anything. You know, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's a bit Sarah Hardy, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Not actually particularly good at any one particular piece. And so there's, a, there's another picture of Sarah Harding in the paper today, uh, all because she's going on to the jump. You know, reality show for, for sort of for nobodies. But the interesting thing is, I was, I was reading, and I can't remember who actually wrote it. It was one of the TV critics. Always, I love reading the TV critics. I'm very big into reading the TV critics because 99.9% of the time, I think they actually nail it and they get it right on the head. And in the case of David Guest, they really have got it on the head. David Guest is, uh, is an American, as you know. He's not the world's most exciting. He's just a silly little show-off. He's, he's, he's a bit like a billiard ball with a bit of silly hair stuck on the top of it. And so one of the, one of the critics said today, and this, and this was the thing that, that summed it up for me, because sometimes you watch, you know, you listen to the radio and you think, yeah, I absolutely agree with what that person's saying, or failing that, you, uh, you sort of read it in the newspapers and you think, you know, they've absolutely nailed it. They've absolutely nailed it. I mean, Carol Malone, when she's talking about the, uh, uh, the Spice Girls, she says Mel B hinted the Spice Girls might reunite to mark their 20th anniversary. She says, who cares? Mel and the others need to accept their time in the pop spotlight is over and their particular brand of girl power was binned about the same time as Jerry's Union Jack dress. These days, there are more relevant, more talented people making music. Next to them, the Spice Girls just look silly. Exactly. It was supposed to be girl power, wasn't it? But this this was the bit that I... Um, actually, no, it wasn't who I thought it was. Actually, it wasn't. I thought it was going to be Kevin O'Sullivan, but it wasn't. But it's but um, uh, Kevin O'Sullivan does raise a glass to Christina Rianoff uh, on Celebrity Big Brother for keeping her promise not to talk about her love life for all of 24 hours. Yes, in this impressive bid to avoid eviction, Strictly's dancing girl gathered her 350 fellow C-listers around her and began, this is very private, but... 
And then the bland bombshell very publicly announced that she's pregnant. Congratulations, Christina. You got yourself noticed. Just. Uh, not much else has happened so far, but it's uh, early doors. And with plenty of tempestuous minor stars primed for pointless rows, there should be enough to keep the diehard happy fans for ages and ages. The usual mix of the halfway famous and the no way heard of as non-entities like, wait for this, Megan McKenna who traipsed into Channel 5's House of Horror after optimistically insisting, I'm best known for... Entertainment giant Gemma Collins. I'm best known for always being on a diet. She missed out the word unsuccessfully. You know, because she's never on a diet, as we all know. You only have to look at the size of Gemma Collins to realise that she's eating for the entire country. That country being Syria, I should imagine, at the moment. I mean, I don't know why she bothers telling us this stuff. Nobody buys into it. Nobody buys into the this diet malarkey. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. It's, there's no point in doing it. Diets are never going to work for you. The only way to sort of learn how to how to control yourself is to go to the doctor. That's sort of so much better, isn't it? Um, I'm determined to find this piece on on David Guest. I wonder if the Daily Star printed it. Might have done, actually. It could be a Daily Star thing. Oh, I see that One Direction star Harry Styles is having singing lessons. OK, moving on from that one. Not a lot you can say about Harry Styles, is there? And, uh, and Winston McKenzie, that, uh, that well-known homophobe, the ridiculously untalented, and why don't you just go back, dear, and disappear under that stone again? He says it was a case of get Winston out. I was targeted. Because you're a homophobe. Okay, let's not, you know, lay it on the line too much, but everybody said, and everybody was uh, laying into you on the programme. Uh, Paloma Faith says, on The Voice, I'll quit if the trolls target me. No, 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 what you must do with, with, with the trolls is you report them to the police and you get them in court. That's what you do, Paloma. Come on. That's exactly how it works. Now, it can't be the Daily Star because we've got Gary Bushell. God, I thought he was dead. I'd no idea he's still alive. Gary Bushell is still writing a column. He's writing it from the other side, isn't he? He must be. And um, killer drugs in gum. And who's this? This is Emma Dale's Fiona Wade. She's apparently a sex kitten. Don't be ridiculous. This is Emma Dale. There are no sex kittens in Emma Dale. They don't have things like this. Emma Dale. This is the Woolpack. This is Mr. Brearley. Nay, nay, Mr. Brearley. This is Annie Sugden on the kitchen table. There's no babes over there or kittens or anything else like that. Why do people think there are? There aren't. It's uh, coming up now, 7.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Hello. 27 minutes to uh, 8 o'clock. It's Sunday the 10th of January. I knew it was going to be an odd month this month, apart from the uh, the weather. It goes from warm to mild to um, to awful. And they've said this week it's going to be awful. I can't guarantee it's going to be dreadful, but um, that's what the that's what the weather forecasters are saying. And so if they say it's going to be bad, I have to go along with it. Uh, what have we got now? Uh, have you ever wondered about your psychic abilities, Steve? You're right about a lot of things. I'm right about everything. That's the embarrassment. I mean, I've even started guessing the antique prices on the television. You know, it's amazing. And uh, Murray says, out of a syndicate of 11, not one of us even got one number. Yeah, but I'm assuming if you're in a syndicate, you're all running the same numbers, aren't you? So that, so if one of you doesn't get it, the others won't be getting it either, because you work on one set of tickets. It's just 11 of you paying into it. Get rid of them, get rid of them, because they won't share it. They won't share it with you. They'll, they'll have skipped the country. Seriously, get, get rid of them. Make sure you buy yourself. And uh, Tom in Basingstoke says, Camelot have run the lottery long enough. How about a change? Oh, God, no, we don't want anybody else running it. Thank you very much indeed. I don't even want to contemplate things like that. And uh, remember when they increased the numbers and said we'd have a better chance of winning, Steve? Yeah, right. And you're right about all those weeks and then two winners. I mean, it's a, I mean, I thought that was the oddest thing ever. Out of, out of all the odds, 13 weeks, rollover, ro- nobody's six numbers. Rollover, rollover, rollover. And the last time when they go, it's got to go... 
Two winners get six numbers each. The odds of that happening must be absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it just sounds, it just sounds odd to me. Two winners would come up. That's why I say, I can't wait to see who they are. Cannot wait to see who they are. And uh, another one here. Steve, don't keep money in your pocket. Put it in a money bag first. Just think about where those coins have been all their life. Well, at the moment, they're in my pocket. And I don't see anything the matter with that. I do actually end up being um, being sort of the person who has to get all their, their pockets seen to. That's what happens. Uh, and somebody says, I'm, I'm changing my phone. How do I save my numbers? They'll do it for you in the shop. They'll do it for you in the shop. In parts of Europe, men have... Uh, purses, horseshoe shapes, which opens with a rim. I've seen those. Have you seen them? It's like a... which looks slightly butchered than the one I've got, which is made out of sort of tapestry, and you click the top open, and then you've got, you know, you've got room for everything in there. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, Steve, great show as usual. Thank you. John the Fishmonger, I just wanted to recommend you try smoked codzro on toast. Ugh. Ugh, no thank you. Seriously, I mean, it was all we could manage the other day. What did we think about on toast the other day? What did we come up with? There was something on... Oh, avocado on toast. And that's quite not... Oh, don't just turn your nose up. Obviously in Tring, that's sort of well out of your sort of... Uh, do you have a Waitrose in Tring? Do you? You do have a Waitrose. Have you been in it? Do you like it in there? Was it nice? I, I think they've got so many different... Things. If, if you want to go in there and you want to buy pickle, for example, they've got shelves of pickle. I didn't realize there were so many different types of pickles. And I love a pickled onion. But some of them are enormous. I saw some that they had the other day. I mean, they were the size of apples. They were, and I thought, I couldn't get one of those in my mouth. And then with a bit of practice, with a little bit of practice, ladies and gentlemen, you can. You see, do not let things like, do not let size defeat you. You know, if you're actually out there and you're thinking, um, that's not going to go in my mouth. Seriously, if you practice um, and you have to do exercises, you know, jaw exercises, it works. Seriously, endless happiness. Uh, Steve, I wonder if the couple who won £50,000 and blew it in eight months and what's their benefit back. Don't tell me they're one of the two winners. <laughs> this was the story we ran last week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which was of a couple. I think they're on the Isle of Man and they're both on benefits which is lovely, they're not working or contributing anything to society, and they won £50,000 on the lottery, so quite rightly, their benefits got taken away. So they blew their £50,000, and they want their benefits back. And the council have said, whistle, you're not having your benefits back, because they've said that they can't account for £24,000 of this money. They blew it on a television, they're unemployed, and they blew it on a television, uh, rent on an apartment of £700 a month, which they're, they're in a, a £700 apartment at the moment, but the council are paying for it. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. You're paying for it. You're paying for it. And, and so they said, we want our benefits back. And th- there's a picture of them looking all miserable in the papers, going, we want our benefits back. They're both young enough to get off their fat bottoms and get out there and actually earn some money, but they, uh, they chose not to. I'll tell you, I would, be, I would be really quite harsh. I'm sorry, you win £50,000, then you better, you better start learning how to manage your money. Um, Ten-year sentence for Tyson's guru. This is uh, Tyson. This is another peculiar one. Tyson Fury. Have you noticed how he's disappeared completely now? You know, load of... And then all of a sudden people go, oh, no, stay well clear of him. But apparently his sort of mentor uh, spent ten years in prison. He was a drug baron and ran his criminal empire from inside jail. It's amazing what you can do nowadays, isn't it, really? Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Cheryl Spagbol filing the divorce. She was swept away by the sudden whirlwind. I'm sorry, are we now painting Cheryl Spagbol as some vulnerable person out there when everybody knows she's as hard as nails? Hard as nails. There's no way that, you know, you could ever sell her as, as anything but hard. Uh, Stu Pot, the family favourite DJ, suffered a fatal stroke uh, the other day. 74. 
Uh, he was famous for Junior Choice, uh, for loads of other things. And uh, he was uh, somebody from my era. And I did, I did type yesterday, I went, you know, I feel a bit vulnerable now. You know, when you find people of, of your sort of generational kind of... Well, not that I'm 74, you know. I do I actually think about being 74. But, uh, but you do sort of worry about it. I worry about things constantly. You wouldn't believe it. Um, Christina and the baby, that's gone on a little bit too long. Uh, there's also... Well, I cannot find this blasted TV critic. It's amazing, isn't it? I'm looking at the tunnels again. And then I picked up a copy of TV Soap magazine. I was very excited, because I looked for today, today is Sunday, and I thought, what delights do they have on BBC Two? Really exciting. BBC Two today, uh, snooker. Have you seen darts? My God in heaven, where do they get them from? Where do they get these people from? The women who look a bit blokey, and the blokes who just look fat. I've never seen so many fat... I don't mean that disrespectfully, you know, to anybody who plays dance. But they've got Colin Murray and Bobby George, two of the biggest bores on the television. I can't believe how they ever let Bobby Murray actually to do anything at all and Colin Murray. And then you've got... Having survived darts, and to be honest with you, I mean, you're borderline throwing yourself off a cliff after that one. That's really dull. 180! And along comes the butchest woman you've ever seen, and you think, you don't want to meet that on a dark night, do you? She throws these darts, you know, and you think, oh, my God, fathers. However, later on at nine o'clock this evening on BBC Two, it's marvellous. You've got My Mediterranean with Adrian Childs. I mean, you want to lose the will to live, ladies and gentlemen. Adrian gets in touch with his Catholic roots in Rome. He rides a Vespa around. They better reinforce it. They'll never get him on a Vespa. And he joins uh, with, with a priest and joining a crowd come to see the Pope. God in heaven. Is that the best they can manage? Are these old programmes or are they new? I think it might be new. And then following on that, a life on screen, a documentary about Stephen Fry who tells the story behind his success. God, I'm needing to be on tablets by the end of this one. And then, Snooker, the Masters, Stuart Bingham versus Ding Junhui. Who are they? Who are these people? Why do I not know them? What's on ITV? Anything interesting? Oh, God. Beowulf? Beowulf? Does that mean it? No, I don't know. Return Beowulf. Beowulf, is it? Oh, right. Am I supposed to know that? I'm obviously... So, I could tell by the way they're looking. Ooh, you don't know that one, do you? Not as clever as you thought you were. Uh, i tell you what you have got, a 10.15 on ITV. You'd have to record it. It's Joanna Lumley's Trans-Siberian Adventure. I would go anywhere to watch, to watch Joanna Lumley doing a Trans-Siberian Adventure. Seriously. I think she's lovely. But the good news is, at three in the morning, the Jeremy Kyle show from America, which is where he should have stayed. Oh, sorry, he did! That's when the wife went off with somebody else, wasn't it? I knew there was something I had to remember. I couldn't remember it. Over on BBC One... Still open all hours. Does that work? Does that work? Antiques Roadshow, Fiona Bruce. War and Peace, I can live without that. And then Match of the Day highlights, and then Snooker's, snookers on again. <gasps> Lord, honestly. Does your life get any worse, ladies and gentlemen, when you open up the newspapers? I do laugh, actually. I have to laugh when I open up the newspapers, because I think sometimes it's just so funny, some of the stories they've got on there. For example, you know, they've, they've got... Um, on the Sunday Express, they either do something to do with the weather or to do with medical, and it's medical today. Statins can cause heart disease. Just what you want to hear, don't you? What am I on? Statins. Am I going to get heart disease? Quite probably. You know, what is it that keeps you sort of going nowadays? And I'll tell you what it is. It's firing yourself up. Firing yourself up. You know, the more fired you get up, the more the blood pumps around your body, and the better it is, which is good. Uh, Callum Best is opening a, uh, a gym 
in Henley. How lovely. That's the man who's had three hair transplants, declared himself bankrupt once, and, uh, and was on television. He's sort of had a bit of, a, bit of an airhead kind of a life. I don't think you could ever say it's been, uh, it's been uh, particularly good. Obviously suits him, but uh, like father, like son, both enjoyed the company of women, both kind of spent a lot of money, and Callum, not quite bright enough to actually know what to do with it. Uh, the Corrie star, Shane... Ward. Wasn't Shane Ward on The X Factor? I'm pretty certain he was on X Factor. I'm pretty certain. But anyway, his hidden sister has hit out. His new storyline is like his real life. I'm a dirty little secret. The trouble is, once these people become famous on television, out of the woodwork they crawl. And, uh, and it's not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. I have to go shopping on a mobility scooter, says Jimmy. A few years ago, a customer in a supermarket in Wigan said to me, they shouldn't let people like you out on those at Christmas. So I said, compliments of the season. That's what you call ignorant. Yes, I mean, I don't know. You know, I've seen mobility scooters. I see them all the time around my way. Uh, loads of... Well, I mean, not all the time around my way, but you do get people. What, what I don't like seeing is somebody on a mobility scooter with a fag on. That really drives me mad. Um, uh, another one here. Sylvia says they came from Guernsey, not the Isle of Man. It's the same thing. They're both islands. Isle of, you know, same sort of thing. Uh, Will Sherrill... I'm running a book on this. Ever revert back to Cole or Tweedy? She won't go back to Tweedy. I think she'll... Ki- I think for her album, we think that she's um, she's going to be called Cheryl. And it'll be written, you know, in sort of scrawl like that. Although the last time we saw her dancing, it was pitifully awful. And um, and I think for her real life, I think she's going to hang on to the old uh, Vassini Spagbol thing. I'm totally convinced. She's not going to go back to Tweedy or Cole. Why would she? She's definitely, because they don't mean anything, but it means that in society she can probably sell herself and then people will, will know. Apparently Stuart Bingham is the current world snooker champion, says Chris. I'm sorry, like I care. And uh, Kate says, your description of Adrian Charles is enough to spoil anybody's Sunday. How could you? I've now got to get up and try and get the images out of my mind. Well, it's, it's the very idea that he's going to be on a scooter going around Vatican City with a priest. I mean, that's kind of scary in itself, isn't it, really? Quarter to eight... Steve Allen on LBC. Leading Britain's conversation. Stig Abel. This morning from 8 on LBC. Stig and the team. I say, and the team. Stig. Sorry. <laughs> Stig and the team. It just sounds like that. I don't know why. Because we, we do the same thing every week. While he, At quarter two, he always pops in to tell me what he's doing. And we, have a, we have a catch-up on all the little bits of the week. I quite like that, actually. I think that's quite a nice thing to do. I know all the other presenters do it. But, you know, on a Sunday morning, nobody's got the strength. I cannot find this article in the paper. It's really annoying me. But I did find another article at uh, 10 to 8 that I wanted to bring you, which is David Bowie's ex-wife, Angie. Uh, from from years ago, like 40 years ago, I think, uh, threatened to quit Celebrity Big Brother before it even began after she was put up in a three-star hotel. Uh, she's 66. She was married to uh, to Bowie, but it was oh, donkey's years ago. Donkey's years ago. She went into meltdown when she was transferred from Claridge's to the Hotel Ibis in London Elstree, which, of course, is near the studio. That's what they do. They go, you go from Claridge's, you go to here, and then you go from here into the Big Brother house. A show said she was fuming, saying she was going to quit... You see, I'd have got, well, quit then, dear, quit. I'd, I wouldn't pander to these people at all. This is absolutely ridiculous. Why on earth would you want to, to do something like that? You know, they, they, they put you in Claridge's and then they've moved you on to, uh, to somebody else because it's near the studio. Makes perfect sense to me. Obviously not perfect sense to her. And so she decided to have one of those, uh, one of those complaints, as we call it. Uh, so, 
Oh, this is it. This is the person who's done the, uh, the, the bit. It's in The People today, and it's Adam Postans. And he says, over at Channel 5's House of Dreams, David Guest was reeling off career glories. I worked with a lot of the legends. Glenn Ford was one of my best friends. Rita Hayworth, Bob Mitchum. I worked with Betty Davis. Uh-huh, writes Adam. And these days, he's sharing a toilet with Jeremy McConnell, McConnell, Holly Oak, Stephanie Davis and Megan McKenna from X on the Beach. It's Celebrity Big Brother 17, which, despite a cascade of nobodies, could yet return this once mighty show to former highs after two unwatchable series, thanks partly to Farah Abraham and Perez Hilton. I live in hope. He said there's Guest and Darren Day, both I'm a Celebrity Hall of Famers, Daniela Westbrook, Angie Bowie, who's unexpectedly good value, John Partridge, X Factor diva Krista Maloney, minus his nan and strictly his Christina Rianoff who wasn't publicly pregnant, or not at least until she was put up for eviction. Uh, We have Nancy Delusional. If only I could describe myself in three words, I would say funny, intelligent, smart, clever. Beautiful. And mathematically inept, of course. They've also booked the never-welcome attention-seeking control freak, who is Gemma Collins, who, along with a young crew of unknown Irish model, McConnell, McKenna, Davis and Geordie Shaw's Scotty T, could distract this series from these saga oldies, the real stars. It's interesting, actually... Uh, that poor old David Guest reels off a list of all these names. Nobody in the house would have heard of any of them. Seriously, you start saying to people, Bob Mitchum, Rita Hayworth, Betty Davis and Glenn Ford, they'll sit there looking gaga at you. But that's all David Guest can do. He's just a silly little attention-seeking past his sell-by. You know, that's all he does. He just reels off. Oh, when, I went, when I met Michael Jackson and I knew Michael Jackson. Of course, all these people are dead. So you can say whatever you like. I mean, Michael Jackson used to phone me all the time. All the time on this programme. See you, Mark. Have a nice day. And uh, and Betty Davis and me were like real buddy-buddy. You know, it's just... It's a load of old rubbish, actually. Nobody needs bother to listen to uh, to what David Guest says anymore. He was past his sell-by when his sell-by was current. So he's not really got anything uh, neth- anything to add to it. Same old, same old, I'm afraid. And, and that's what kind of ruins it. And obviously he can't get any other work at all. Perhaps Cheryl should be known as Cheryl the Peril. Well, that is a point. And Wendy says this week's television, one big yawn. My flog it is not on. I do like Paul Martin. So I'll be sharing days with LBC and USA series box set Castle, which is also great. Listen, as long as you share it with LBC, I mean, I don't have any problem with that at all. Uh, Somebody talking about uh, Sheila Fogarty, who won Celebrity Mastermind. Mind you, I don't want to be rude to Sheila because I adore her. But, uh, I mean, the two of the people on the panel were the thickest I've ever seen on there. Some person you've never heard of from CBB, why she even put herself up there and came up with the ludicrous idea that she knew about Aretha Franklin. She didn't know anything about Aretha Franklin. I'm surprised she even knew who she was. She's a very old children's presenter, but I've discovered on the BBC that they use fairly ancient people, don't they? They sort of go, oh, you'd thought children's presenters would have been, you know, roughly the same age as the people they're broadcasting to. But no, along they, they come with these people and you think, who the dickens are they? I mean, who are they? Because they go... Uh, and then at one point they went, oh, could you do a little song for us? And then she went into some sort of little strop, a little bit of cod strop going, oh, you don't seriously expect me to do that. And he went, yeah, come on. I said, oh, I can't believe I'm asked to do this. I thought, it's the only reason you're on there, love, because you're not on there because you're intelligent. You weren't on there for at all, you know, any other... Re- and nobody knew who you were. Christine says, I watched The Queen's Castle on BBC last week, on again this week. The amount of people involved in keeping them, yeah, it's quite a, quite a few, isn't it? I like the series, though. I do. I mean, I like anything like that, being a huge royalist. I like seeing behind the scenes at Windsor Castle. I like seeing how perfect it is. I like seeing that the Queen takes a hand. I like seeing that, you know, that it all works. 
And that's that's why. Um, ta, ta, ta. In the last six weeks, with two draws a week, that's meant the 13 rollovers, not the last 13 weeks. No, the rollover has only been on the on the lottery. So it's uh, and also very odd, isn't it? 13 weeks of rolling over. And then when they have to give away the prize, two people come forward. Two people with six numbers. Two people with six numbers. I and mean, I find that absolutely unbelievable. And I'm sure that you do as well. On the subject of... Uh, uh, Prince Charles, Mark says, caught up the, with the documentary with uh, Anton Deck shadowing Prince Charles, otherwise known as Sycophant and Deck. Yes, it was. It was just. Um, it was more brown nosing. But of course, well, what what the Charles organisation do is they sort of take somebody like Sharon. They go right. You're a you're an ambassador, and she thinks she can pick up the phone and call Prince Charles. And for Anton Deck, I mean, it's funny actually. But if only they'd found red and black as funny on the television when they did it. But of course, they didn't. And uh, Bruce says, can you give a big thank you to the doctors and nurses of Kennet Ward at Kingston Hospital who looked after my mother-in-law over Christmas. That was Thelma. She'd been seriously ill, died Tuesday. But seeing the care, attention and dignity she received was quite humbling. They're an example to everybody. I think, listen, you won't find me criticising the NHS ever. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, the leather shop in Broad Street, Teddington, says Judith, you can get one of those Italian leather purses for men. Ooh! <laughs> I like the idea of one. I might have to go and buy one, actually. I might have to go and buy one. Uh, listen, don't forget this evening, there's a repeat of uh, In Conversation with the fabulous Paul McKenna and the fabulous Jonathan Lynn, who wrote Yes, Prime Minister and Yes, Minister, and he's got a new piece coming up at the, uh, at the Finsbury Park Theatre. Which, if you live in Northwest One, uh, Northwest London, is your place. That's the theatre they built for you. So uh, nine o'clock this evening. You can hear that again. It's a, it's a super couple of interviews. It really is. Next week, I don't know who we've got next week. I just know that there's uh, a few people popping in, which I'm looking forward to, which is quite nice. I always like people dropping in. It's always good to see some of the names. Always slow in January. Always slow. But as the as the, uh, the fact we're racing through the month kind of proves, uh, if we if we're not careful, we're going to be into March. And, uh, and don't forget, wrap up warm for the weather, because it's definitely getting colder and colder, and it's not uh, not so nice. So if you go to the LBC website, you can uh, download that free LBC app. I know that people have said to me before, is it easy to do? Yes, it's very, very simple to do, and it's free. The good news is it's free. It costs you nothing at all. And then once you get that, there's a free podcast every day, except on the, uh, the holidays where we do a programme for three hours, in which case you don't get the free podcast. But you can download all the other things from as little as about two, two quid a month, I think. You can download everything on LBC. So you can hear Petri ranting at people. You can hear Ian Dale ranting at himself. And you can hear James O'Brien doing his mystery hour. The mystery being why it's so successful. And uh, I like to say that. I like to say that. It just keeps him on his toes, I think, which is good. Good for him. So uh, we'll do it again tomorrow morning. In the meantime, if you hear any uh, stories in the papers you think we should be covering on LBC, you can always, uh, always send me an email. It's steve at lbc.co.uk. It's not too complicated, is it? But uh, as I say, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow exactly what, what interviews we've got coming up and we'll sort of run through it. The only thing I want to do is just clear up very quickly at the end of the programme some more of your uh, emails and texts. Uh, if you did win 33 million on the lottery, just remember what we've always said, we share and share alike on this programme. I share the programme with you, you share the 33 million with me. And so there you go. And uh, thank you to everybody who's written in this morning. I think we managed to get through uh, most of them. And uh, another one here. Simone, Simone says, must be a, a really snow, slow needs day chap. And uh, Cheryl's, I better explain to you, Simone, you're obviously not the brightest penny in the box. And um, it's the front page of every single newspaper. 
every single newspaper is running with it. So uh, that is the news. You'll have to wait and see what uh, what Stig's going to be talking about. I suspect it's going to be the junior doctors who don't make all the front pages, say Cheryl Cole is front page of all the papers. And as we concentrate very much on this programme, as you know, Simone, I'm sure with a surname like yours, you must know that kind of thing, that we deal with uh, with the showbiz stories and we like to dispense with them as well. But uh, I'm sure that Cheryl's going to be there for the next few weeks. 